welcome to another amazing episode of Meta No Meta. My name, of course, is Tim Jensen. Along with me today, we have Woven, a.k.a. Matt. Say hi, Matt. Hey, how's it going, guys? And along with us this evening, we have a special guest who we hope to become a recurring character, our good friend, uh, who also plays with us in our Sunday night group, Justin. Say hi, Justin. What up? So let's just get started, shall we? We'll start off with the podcast master question, like usual. And the question this week is, what is your most memorable character? Anybody want to jump on it? Go for it, Justin. Uh, that would be Khan. Okay, who is Khan? Khan is a multi-split personality rogue that has a pawnshaw for explosives. Mm-hmm. Okay, and what game was this in? Uh, that was in a game that I DM'd and allowed you yourself and uh, Monsieur Woven to uh, guest DM in. Mm-hmm. See, Matt and I have touched already on this game. This game was a very memorable game. Oh, yeah. And Khan, well, it's not all Khan's fault, but Khan, 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 Khan broken. English does not suffice Khan. Khan broken. <laughs> Khan and was it, perfectly designed. <laughs> and it was all Khan's fault, I'm just saying. <laughs> No, to be fair, Khan did not break the game. Justin just played him perfectly. Well, what race was Khan? A kinder. Okay, uh, and I believe that is a 3.5 race? Uh, 3.0, 3.5. Came okay. about the same point with those. Okay, for those who might not know, why don't you give us a quick description of a kinder? Kinder is basically a halfling, but shorter, and a kleptomaniac. That is the best way to describe him. Can you describe the Kinder and not yourself? Well, you know, <laughs> I was just about to say that that personality fits Justin just fine. For those of nobody here really knows Justin, he can be just as crazy as a Kinder at times, and that race fits him perfectly. Granted, Justin is nowhere near um, a short kinder. He's like six-something, and nothing about him is klepto, but his personality is crazy. He's a dragonborn kinder, if you will. There you go. Yeah. Noble and crazy. All right, Woven, let's jump to you. What is your most memorable character? Most memorable character. Well... For those that are joining us after watching the first episode, uh, first second episode, we've done two parts for you. You know my character, Interwoven, which is my hacker. However, who you don't know and who I am hoping to get everybody to fall in love with is a Seerwoven. Yes, I have two characters with the last name Woven. No relation. A Seerwoven is actually from... GURPS is what I'm playing him in currently, but I created him for 5th edition. Well, you know, though, I do think we need to go on Ancestry.com. There might be some distant connection in the woven name. I have considered making there to be some kind of weird connection, but I I don't think I'm going to do it. But uh, Seer Woven 
is my most memorable him being a bard musician the greatest bard of all and yes everybody's bard is the greatest of all but there's just something a little different about a seer woven seer woven would be the most conceited as he likes to say his name is already written in the stars it's not he all bards say they're the best bards a seer woven just knows he's the best bard he knows it and there's nothing you can say to convince him otherwise all right, so what is so memorable about Asir Woven, then? What makes his name in the stars? Asir Woven is basically broken in the head. There's nothing you can do to convince him otherwise. He literally sees his, names in the, his name in the stars. You tell him that you don't know who he is, and he thinks that you have amnesia. Or that you're just playing a little joke. Or basically, you're going to know who he is real quick. Uh, there's just a seer woven. It's the greatest. Simple as that. A seer woven is something. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Matt. So I guess we'll jump to me. I have I'm going to have two characters that I'm going to bring up that are my most memorable. Uh, the first one I is one that I truly fell in love with just because he shows how people that create their first character have no clue what they're doing. They get in there and they get excited about their class and they create their character because they're excited about it. It's not a good class and it's not a great character, but it'll always have a good place in your heart. That character is my halfling ranger, Labaris. And if you know anything about 5th edition, if you're going to be a ranger, you pretty much have to be Legolas, right, guys? I suppose. Oh, heck no. Oh, okay. Go ahead and explain yourself, Justin. Uh, by going the Legolas ranger to get anything remotely like that, you'll need to hit about least level 16, 17 to start pulling off with Legolas. If you want to be able to do anything to begin with... You need a little assistance with a familiar or anything along those lines. Beast mastery is not the way to go. Survival would be your best bet for those trees in 5th edition. Okay, see, Justin here is our encyclopedia of knowledge, at least when it comes to 5th edition. And as he said, you don't don't ever pick a beast master. What did I pick? A beast master. I love animals. I love controlling animals. And I wanted animals. Like I said, this was my first game. As I mentioned earlier, this was a campaign with a DM named Ray. And I think he had a special place in his heart for me because he sympathized with me. And he allowed me to bend the rules. Usually a Beastmaster gets one animal, and that's good. He allowed me to have three animals. The first one is a giant poisonous snake named Scorpion, of course. The next one was a dinosaur. I got the dinosaur when the newest Jurassic Park movie came out. So what did I name him? Any guesses? Mm, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. That's right. <laughs> and then finally, I got a giant stone crab named Persnippity Snip. This character, Justin can attest to how ridiculous this character. Love to get into trouble he was truly chaotic he did what he want when he wanted and i just i loved playing him he was a bad character that i loved to play 
And I know, Justin, you're sitting there just chomping at the bit to bring up your favorite story of my ranger. So I'm going to give you the opportunity to. Actually, to be honest, I wasn't chomping at the bit. I was going to let it slide. But since you brought it up, in that game, I played oversized Dragonborn Berserker. Mm -hmm. Who couldn't use anything but a shield. There was a half-orc barbarian. Our favorite game was to catch the halfling and play catch with them. You know, and it actually came in handy in a few situations. There was a wall that nobody could see over, so Justin's character and the half-orc decided it would be a great idea to throw the halfling up as high as he could to see over the wall. Don't worry, they, they almost missed catching me once, but they luckily grabbed me by the shoelaces of my boot yeah uh, then the next one was a ravine wasn't it justin yep we couldn't get across and we didn't have a grappling hook so guess what the halfling became the halfling hook did you use the shoelaces as rope no no we actually had rope okay. we just didn't have a way to get the rope across the ravine so what would any logical D D group do they would grab the smallest character and throw it yeah basically looked at the uh, half fork and be like catch him and then we just caught you off guard yeah my character needless to say didn't enjoy being the grappling hook oh no i don't i don't believe that yeah as hard as it is to believe i know i know all right, well, that answers the podcast master's question, our most memorable characters. So, gentlemen, if you're ready, I know I am, let's jump right into this week's mission debriefing. I'm going to give a little rundown here because we're going back in time. If you remember in episode two, we discussed paging Dr. Dipstick. At the start, my character was laid up in, well, we can't call it a hospital. He was laid up in a Motel 6 getting so his gut sewn back in. So we decided it would be a good idea to go back in time and tell you what exactly caused his guts to fall out. And the story that comes with that is an entertaining one, I would say. So, ladies and gentlemen, the McDonald's Massacre. But to start off, Justin, uh, since this is your first episode joining us, why don't, if you don't mind, would you please give us a quick rundown from your point of view of your Shadowrun character. Matt and I explained him last episode, but I don't think we did it justice. The easiest way to describe him is think of Hitman from the video games and the newer movie. He is basically a businessman and sniper with a little bit of John Wick thrown in him. Okay, so he is there to get the job done. Yep, and if you get in the way, he'll accept any contract on you as well, whether you're a teammate or not. Okay, all right. That pretty much sums up your character. Um, and I believe your character's name is Agent, correct? Or at least that's what we know him as. You guys know him only as... Uh... Arturin or something like that. I can't remember at the time. You don't know his background or his agent number or anything at the moment. Correct, correct. Because your character is as close to the vest as it comes. 
Pretty much. As opposed to, well, yeah, you and Matt are very close-minded. Not close-minded, but you, you and Matt are very close to the vest, whereas my character doesn't even wear a vest. Yeah. And also, too, another thing with my character before I forget, the emotion anger does not exist in him. If the emotion anger existed, this we wouldn't have episode we wouldn't have had episode one because my character would have died at the McDonald's massacre. Oh yes, yes it would have. <laughs> All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into it. The McDonald's massacre. This episode, uh, this mission started because it was a mission where I missed the first first mission. This was our second shadow run. So the mission starts off with me getting a phone call saying, hey, I got a job for you. And, of course, Matt, what was my response? Uh, my favorite. New phone, who dis? Which instantly leads to a picture text message of me staring at my phone with a crosshair over me. And I say, all right, sure, what's the job? Limo downstairs. Go get in it. So, of course, what do I do? I go get into the limo. And I'm sitting there eating and drinking and having a gay old time in the limo. And I believe at the same time, you two both also received a message, didn't you? That's correct. Yep. And the Mr. Fixer, as our leader is known by, gave us the destination and the time to meet up. Let's uh, put a little prefix here. Mr. Fixer, the Fixer is actually my contact within Shadow Realm who has been uh, who ha- has built this group in a sense. Oh, so he's your contact. See, I didn't know that. That is exactly true. He is my contact and um in Shadow Run you have contacts. You have to have contacts. Mm-hmm. And each contact has a loyalty and a connection. Uh the fixer is actually fairly connected to me so we have a pretty decent relationship and he knows that i am i like to keep on my own so he kind of just set me up with a a team and i quickly realized i'm gonna need a team if i want to get to my goal so exactly so i believe we all arrived at it was a matrix bar wasn't it i i have to jump in here and correct a little bit okay Everybody has the fixer as a contact of one and one. I do believe uh, Woven here has him in a contact of three and three, though. Right, yes. Woven has the best relationship with him, but we all are able to get a hold of him. Mine is a three and four. Oh, okay. So He, what, he likes me. All right, quick tangent here, since we're already off the rails this early what does a three and four rating mean matt all right so if i um, correct me if i'm wrong it's it's um loyalty and connection correct connection, mm-hmm. i believe the order is reversed yes. though yes connection. uh contacts uh connections and loyalty yes yeah. you are correct yes so i'm actually connection of three and a loyalty of four a three may seem kind of high but really i am He's just an acquaintance. He will not go out of his way. But he is actually, he and I are a bit more loyal. He's at a four with me. So he will 
basically I call him up and say, hey, let's go grab a drink, and he'll grab a drink. We trust one another to an extent. And for reference, my arms dealer that I try to get heavy explosives from, my connection with him is a one and two. He is a good he is an acquaintance with me and his contacts are a one so he knows me and the cat that's walking across the street and acquaintance is actually a three a two he'll do business with you but uh he's probably not gonna try too hard well nobody really tries too hard when it comes to walter so anyways we all arrive at the matrix bar and why don't you two describe what your characters did once they arrived. Uh, Justin, we'll start with you. We're talking about when we went to meet Mr. Johnson? Correct, yeah, when we got set up for the meeting with the Johnson, yep. I just pretty much sat over in the back to keep an eye on everybody coming in. So This is going to be a recurring theme with your character, isn't it? Yeah, because I don't trust any of you guys, and the first time I met your character, I wanted to shoot him straight out the gate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and Matt, what did your character do? My character walked in, planning to connect with each and one of you, but not in person. He uh, saw each person within that, that, I'm sorry, what was it called? A matrix bar, right? Hey. I believe that. That's probably not what it was, but that's what I'm calling it. It was it was basically it was, a internet cafe. Yeah, a cyber cafe. That's the word I'm looking for. Yes. So I walked in there and I'd planned on I I had planned on sending a text with credits telling each person to connect so we could basically speak to one another, but I didn't want to do it in person. However, their Mr. Johnson had another idea and wanted us all to get close and personal inside of a smaller room within that cafe, something I was not liking at all. So you were willing to buy all of us some internet time? Pretty much. If it keeps my face completely out of anybody's view, then yeah, I'll throw some creds. Then my character, he came last because he doesn't ever know what time it is and if you're on time that's what losers do he was fashionably late um he strolls in with two huge grenade launchers slung over his shoulders which i know freaked out uh, sam's character because the previous week she'd almost gotten blown up so i remember sam telling me that Right out of the gate, she did not like my character. Her character did not like my character. I walk up to the front desk, slap it as hard as I can, and say, Sir, your finest full immersion system. Sir, that'll be $200. I slap the table again and say, Sir, your freest table. (laughs) And go have a seat. The next thing that happens is the guy looks up and says, I believe he said Smith, party of four, didn't he? Yep. Yep. And who was the first one to jump up and claim to be a Smith? Oh. Uh, sounds like something Justin's character would do. Exactly. I oh, jumped up and- heck no. Not <laughs> me. Uh, our... Uh- I would say our resonant window licker 
was the uh, one that got up there. Oh, don't worry. I was at the front desk before he even got done saying Smith Party of Four. And then, of course, my character, having his a hole in his marble bag, turns around and starts yelling for, Matilda, Maurice, we're up. Come on. Oh, jeez, I forgot you did that right off that thing and just how irritated Sam got. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I believe she was about ready to walk out of that mission, if her character could have. No, there was something else she was planning on doing. <laughs> just, uh, just to backtrack a little bit in case nobody caught it, Justin's little window licker, he was referring to that nice little um, grappling hook Space smash into the window that we told you about last week. Actually, I forgot about that. Thank you for reminding me. Oh, uh, man. Our group apparently is fond of windows. Yes, it does seem to be the case. So anyways, I finally somehow corral you three very skeptical people into a tiny room with me. Uh, in that room, there is the Johnson, and the Johnson is basically the handler. They are the ones that are hiring us. There's the Johnson sitting across from the table with four empty chairs. I sit in the chair right in the middle. Justin, where did you sit? I sat in the dark corner. Now, also think from my character's perspective, I don't know anybody here, and I just see one guy that looks like and acts like he's a few coconuts short of a bunch, wearing a bright canary yellow 70s suit. No, hold on. This is a very fashionable three-piece Armani suit. It just happens to be canary yellow <laughs> and wrinkly, and it might smell a little bit. But it's a nice suit other than that. Anyways, Matt, where did your character go? Oh, I believe my character walked in long enough to look around, see that Mr. Armani Yellow Suit's phone was crap, hacks it, and walks out. Oh, I forgot that you did that. You did hack my phone, didn't you? That's right. I was only in there long enough to base... Okay, I remember now. Uh, Mr. Johnson offered us a job. I said... Mm -hmm accepted payment up front and i walked out he tried to stop me and say don't you want the details and i just responded with jobs done that's right that's right and then sam's character goes and sits in the other corner uh, so i am the only one sitting at the table with the johnson our group doesn't know manners apparently so basically the quick summary of the job is our Johnson had his daughter kidnapped because he couldn't afford to keep up with the payments that this gang was extorting out of him. So they took the daughter and are holding her ransom somewhere until the Johnson can get the money back. So our job was to get the daughter back alive and then there would be a little incentive bonus if the gangsters were no longer a problem. Correct. That's right. And I remember, if I remember correctly, he paid us a very hefty, and when I say hefty, I'm being sarcastic, sum of 500 new yens apiece. Well, yep. 
500 new yens apiece, the mission was to recover the daughter and to make sure the gang wouldn't be a problem anymore, but make sure they would not end up back at him. Oh, you know, it was 500 new yen, but you guys are forgetting the true bonus. It also came with a free colonoscopy. Mm, yes, the true bonus. The true bonus of a clean colon. <sighs> The reason why our yellow Armani-suited guy is a few coconuts short of a brain. Because oh, that colonoscopy was a little too deep. He would have well, he would have done the job just for the free colonoscopy, to be honest. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, immediately, as soon as that mission, or as soon as the briefing is done, Justin, I remember you and Sam almost run out of the room to get away from me and hop on your motorcycle, correct? Yep, we got on my bike to get out of there as soon as we could and get away from you. Walter tried to get on as well. Uh-huh, well, because we're and all... And got a pistol in his face. Well, we're a team. I We are all going to the same location, so why not carpool? But I will say, Justin threatening my life is honestly one of the best things that happened to Walter because he got to meet one of his best contacts, and that was Ahmed. That's right. Enter Ahmed, the Ahmed, greatest. Ahmed, the Uber driver, who, thanks to his... This this episode wouldn't happen without Ahmed, if I come to think about it. Because Ahmed, thanks to his great driving and ignoring red lights, got me to the McDonald's first. Because there was an infor- well, He wasn't so much an informant, but the dumb brother of the family. Loved to frequent the McDonald's. So we all decided to go to the McDonald's and see if we could get some information out of him. So Justin and Sam hop on Justin's motorcycle and they take off. I sit there for 15 minutes and wait for an Uber. And I get to meet Ahmed, who has a vending machine in his Uber. Remember that. The vending machine will come back. So we all get to the McDonald's. And Justin, what does your character do? I set up across the street to snipe. Yeah, you climbed up a was it like a two or three story building, wasn't it? No, it was two stories. It was on the roof of the uh, shop next door. Yeah, because you had a very good vantage point, from what I remember. And then Matt, you never even went to the McDonald's, did you? Ah, that's where you're incorrect. I was actually there before you were. If you remember correctly, I had hacked your phone, and so mm-hmm. once Mr. Johnson gave us the details on where to meet up, I was already on my way. So, well, why don't you explain a little bit, Matt? What benefit did it have for you to hack my phone? So, it allowed me to not be in the room, yet I still was able to overhear all the details that I needed to know to be able to complete the mission. So, basically, you turned on my phone's speaker, okay, or microphone, I mean, so where you could hear everything that was going on. Speaker and microphone. Okay. So, then, we've got... Two careful, smart players, both setting up carefully. One's on top of a roof. One is in the back of McDonald's. And what are you doing in the back of the McDonald's, Matt? Well, I did make a mistake of ordering a special. Oh, yes. the uh, We'll call it the gut buster. Double mm-hmm. the patties, double the bacon, double the cheese, and double the grease. And How did that go for your character? So when I first started, I walked up to the counter and they told me what the special was. I 
decided no, because I know that there's going to be something wrong with that burger. But then I stopped myself and I said, wait, I'm playing a 19-year-old kid who's got probably a high metabolism and sits in front of a computer with high agility. He's he's going to eat this burger. There's just no way around it. So you almost meted yourself out of eating it. I did. I did almost meta myself out of eating it, and this was a time where no meta was not the right thing to do. So I ate it. Yeah, we'll we'll come back to you eating that. <laughs> so my character walks in, and he's used to this food. I don't know if Matt's character must Matt's character must not have been used to greasy fast food because my character walks right up and orders a double gut buster, so four times everything. And a McFlurry. That McFlurry is going to play a very pivotal role here in a minute. Sam's character, I believe, she stayed outside for the longest time, didn't she? Oh, yeah. Because not only is she freaked out by me, but she's also the type of player who wants her characters to be very cautious and not do anything unless they're 100% sure of what they're doing. So she's... Sam's character gets to watch Matt and myself make fools of ourselves. Pretty much. Let's not, let's not, well, yeah, I did. I made a fool of myself. (laughs) Well, I mean, a fool and not so much a fool. I'll just go ahead, Matt. Oh, we'll, we'll save it. We'll save it for a minute. You continue on. All right, so... What else would I do? I'm at a McDonald's. I'm looking for a man named Vic who loves to eat at McDonald's. What man would it be? Would it be the college student who's sitting in the corner quietly reading a book? The old man having lunch with his grandchild? The, well, it could have been the orc that was sitting by himself. Or most likely it was the fat man in the corner eating two double gut busters at once. So, I decided to grease the already greased wheels. I walk up to him, and I say, hey, Vic, we need to talk. And I put the McFlurry on his desk, or his table, sorry. And he goes, I'm going to keep this PG. He says, F off. And I say, all right, sorry. Here's the McFlurry. We'll talk when you're done. And I go back, and I sit down, and I eat my food. Immediately, though, that McFlurry gets picked up by somebody who works here, who also works, they work here in a three-piece suit. Kind of a giveaway. The three-piece suit man picks it up, throws it away. And then, Matt, I believe that's where you kicked in, isn't it? Well, not just quite yet. I actually was in the corner. I was hacking the systems to McDonald's. And I had saw a few different programs within McDonald's computers, one of them being the fryers in the back that I could hack, one of them being the milkshake machine that I could hack, another one being the air vents, which I should have thought on, but I didn't. And while I was doing that, I dug into that gut buster, and yes, quickly that's where it kicked in. It busted your gut. So, as I was sitting there hacking, Eric, you know, 
being the suave GM that he is, just sitting there saying, yep, you're looking at this, you're looking at this, and oh, 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 you run to the bathroom. I'm like, what? Yeah, you're about to squeeze your pants. See, now, at this point, though, looking back on it, I think Justin was on the right track because he is the only character that didn't eat any food. Even Sam's character ordered and ate some food. Granted, she ate a salad, but Justin was the only one who was smart enough to avoid eating anything. Well, you also got to think, my guy is wearing... A full black suit with a bulletproof vest underneath a white shirt, red power tie. You're thinking full hitman from the game and movie. Mm-hmm. That is just fast food is not his cup of tea. Well, that, yeah. And apparently your character is the one smart enough to realize, hey, McDonald's 2075 probably doesn't have the highest quality standards. That and it probably uh, doesn't have the best cleanliness standards either anymore it had had both of those (laughs) in the bathroom i was gonna say i think you're a little mistaken there woven it didn't have either uh but speaking of cleanliness let's jump into woven story again yeah i'm in the bathroom and that's where it has all those standards it is the most you can lick off the floors this bathroom is spotless now, that doesn't sound like a McDonald's in 2019. Not at all. Yeah, but it needs to be a McDonald's like that in 2019. I want to look off of a bathroom floor. Come on. Okay. All right. Learning a little bit here about Matt. <laughs> so what? What? what is so clean about it? Um, well, I didn't know. None of us knew. Eric, of course, gave us a little information towards the end but let's not spoil that just yet well at this point you're in the facilities you're in the bathroom having a hard time of it Mm -hmm. Uh, at this point sam's character does decide to walk in and she orders her salad not the bathroom she doesn't walk no no the restaurant sorry she orders her salad and she sits down looks at it takes a bite and throws it out she then starts to text message you, Woven, I believe, doesn't she? Yeah, she's keeping in touch with me. I'm keeping in touch with her. Well, because you, Justin, and Sam were all on a group check text message, correct? In a sense, yes. To where you three were staying in touch, and then you had Walter over there just kind of doing his thing. Well, what it was is I had given Sam a microtransceiver, and she was in chat with uh, Woven. Mm-hmm. So explain that a little more, Justin. How does that further uh, get you three together? Uh, basically makes Sam the middle person, because Sam had somewhat of a tolerance for uh, Woven, uh-huh. but I didn't know him as of yet. Okay, so basically she was able to communicate with both of you. That is correct. And then you two could communicate through her as needed. Yep. Okay, okay. And that makes sense, knowing our group dynamic. Yes. Before I ran off to the restroom, though, I did do one thing. I had 
propped my phone up on the table that I was at just enough to still be able to watch the restaurant through the camera on my phone. And during that time, I had noticed somebody was mopping the floor, but without any water. They were just continually mopping over the same spot. Our gentleman in the three-piece suit. That's right. And I went ahead and sent over a little link to Sam's character, circling him and saying possible target. At this point, this all happens within minutes of each other. My McFlurry just got thrown out, so my character is upset. So he goes up and orders another one. And sure, all right, here's another McFlurry. I then decided it'd be a great idea to take my McFlurry to each table and offer it to Vic. I go up to the orc sitting in the corner and go, hey, Vic. Here's a McFlurry for you. Piss off. I ain't Vic. Oh, sorry. My bad. My bad. I then go up to the college student and sit down. Hey, Vic, here's a McFlurry for you. Dude, just leave me alone. I'm trying to study. Finals are next week, and I got to study. Oh, you're not Vic? Do I look like a Vic to you, man? I got to study. Oh, sorry. My bad. My bad. I then even go even go up to the old man. Vic, looks like you and your granddaughter got a lucky day. Here's a McFlurry for you. Oh, what? What's that? Oh. None of them were Vic, and I was causing quite the ruckus. But here's where the story gets interesting. My character is not stupid. He is crazy, but he is not stupid. Every time he went to those tables, he pulled out a small handful of plastic explosives and he stuck it to the bottom of those tables so every table almost every table in that restaurant had some form of explosives on the underside of those tables so my character thought he knew what he was doing thought is the right word thought is the very right word we'll get to that eventually so the security guard Oh, by the way, McDonald's in 2075, they have security guards in full metal armor. Full metal armor. With fully automatic weapons, and their paint scheme looks like a McDonald's. They are orange and red. The gun even had an M on it. Real classy, real classy. He finally comes up to me and says, Sir, they're causing a disturbance. Leave now. Walter, of course, is stunned. He doesn't know what he did. But when you have a fully automatic machine gun pointed at your face, you're going to leave the McDonald's. So, Justin, I believe you saw me get escorted off the property, didn't you? Uh, I had actually watched from the tables that I could see. I was watching you go up, talk to people, smack Mm -hmm. your hand on the underside of the table. And then I watched you do this for a little bit and then get escorted out. So you had somewhat of an idea of what I was doing? Yeah, I pretty much knew what you were doing to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Well, now here, I'm, Tim is going to ask Justin, do you think that would have been a good idea if it worked? Oh, no. <laughs> I disagree. I think it would have been a great idea. So why don't you think it would have been a good idea, Justin? Besides the 
innocent casualties that would have come with the explosion. A small compressed area, bunch of explosives, multiple areas. Yeah, you would have killed yourselves. It was a good idea. I stand by it. (laughs) I wasn't going in there anyway because I was figuring closed area, guy that is not there upstairs, grenade launchers, two of them. Yeah, I'm going to keep my distance. Mm. Probably a good idea. Well, it was a good idea in the end. So my character is now standing on the curb. And who, of course, does he call? Ghostbusters. Ahmed, not Ghostbusters. The Ghostbusters have nothing on Ahmed. So you all, so everybody that's listening right now, pay attention closely. You will see the dominoes and chain of events of mistakes. Oh, the mistakes have already started. I've gotten kicked out of the McDonald's, and my character wants back into that McDonald's, but he can't go back into that McDonald's looking like him. So he calls Ahmed, and we'll get back to that. I'm going to say one thing here real quick, though. This is when my character started looking to see if I could find contracts on you, Tim. Uh, you know, I can't quite blame you. But I have, I have to stand by the way I played it, because I played it the way my character would have thought it through, unfortunately. During the time get... it took for your cab to show up, Mm-hmm. This this was the time that I thought it'd be a good idea to find out if this guy mopping guy was a legit. So Sam and I are talking about how we can get him to go do a job, go clean it up. Sam is trying to convince him the bathrooms are dirty, but it ain't working. So I walk out as Sam is next to the bathrooms my butt alone crack wide open showing she sees it full moon glory and all and there's really no pushing because that stuff's just coming out and i just trail it right from that hallway right back into the bathroom see now justin this was a moment where your character and my character were very lucky to be outside uh no because i had a full imaging Full recording scope. Oh, so you got to watch this. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's not get carried away. You did not see any of that. No, I did because it's on that side of the building with the windows all the way down. No, I think he did have a view of, of it to some degree. Well, then I'm hacking those eyes of yours and deleting that. <laughs> that, that butt cheek pimple is mine. Oh, <laughs> goodness. Okay, so you are... Making a mess for the janitor to clean up. What happens? The only vision I did not have in that building was the far side of the windows. So when the massacre began, I did not see the beginning of it. That's true. That's true, because it happened on the other side. Which mass are we talking about? The massacre where I unload all over the floor? No, no. Or the other massacre? That wasn't a massacre. That was a massive dumping. Gotcha. Of... Files, of course. A massive dumping of files because yes. you're a hacker. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. exactly right. So I try. I I think it's a good idea, but it doesn't work. I basically unload it all over the place for no reason. Well, why didn't it work? Sam went up and said that bathroom is stanky, you know, in, in her words. 
yes, that is not how Sam talks at all. It's a stanky bathroom. <laughs> and he was like, all right, that's it. So once I've done cleaning out my bowels, and more so, I walk out of the bathroom, the door shuts, and all of a sudden you start to hear this loud noise in the bathroom. The door is locked. I can't get back in. And about two minutes later, the door opens, and the bathroom is spotless. A self-cleaning bathroom. You know, when you have a hamburger called the Gut Buster, that's probably a good idea. It's genius. Take notes, people. You could get rich. So, during this time, I'm standing out on the curb waiting for Ahmed. Ahmed finally rolls up, and he says, where are we going, boss? I say, well, I don't need a ride. I just need your vending machine. Well, what do you need out of my vending machine? I said, I noticed in there earlier that you have clothing in your vending machine. Well, dude, it's just a paper jumpsuit for, like, if you puke in my back seat, it gets on your clothes. Doesn't matter, Ahmed. It's fine. That will do. So my character decides to take off his armored three-piece suit and put on a paper jumpsuit. Leave his weapons and armor in that car. I tell Ahmed I'll pay him if he sits there and waits. So yeah, sure, man. I'll sit and wait. And I begin to waltz right back into that McDonald's. With the sounds of tick, tick, tick. Or what is the ticking? Ahmed was charging you. Oh, but yes, yes, he he was on the clock. Uh, so I walk back into the McDonald's in a paper jumpsuit because new clothes, new person. That's what they always say, right, guys? And it worked. The guard goes, "Hey, didn't I just kick you out?" Well, no, I just got into town. Look by my clothes. And who's the first person I walk up to? And sit down at his table, Vic, because I knew who Vic was. Vic was the man that had the McFlurry get thrown out the first time. I sit down and I say, Vic, we need to talk. I need information from you. Blam! Roll for initiative. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty accurate summary of what happened, right? I'm not missing anything am i it was definitely a bloodbath you took some shots to the gut your explosives didn't work whatsoever justin shooting like a sharpshooter from across the street cracking open the windows i find out that those air vents actually had gun turrets in them hack into those oh your items were all stolen by me and you were down sprawled out blood all over yeah, let's get into that, shall we? So, that is correct. The first shot goes straight into my gut from under the table. Needless to say, that hurt because I'm wearing a paper jumpsuit. I don't have any armor on. Yeah, that hurts. Uh, Justin, then, I believe your first goal was to take out the security guard, correct? Yeah, I was trying to take out the security guard, and the window was uh, bulletproof. Wasn't aware of that part. So then uh, decided to pump some Edge through and pierce the window. Okay, and Edge, I don't know if we've discussed Edge yet or not. How would you describe Edge, Justin? 
think Limit Break from all the Final Fantasy type games is the best way to describe it. And it allows you to exceed your damage limits, your accuracy limits, all those. Okay, so basically it helps your rolls roll better. Easiest way to describe it, yep. Okay, okay. So, yeah, and why, of course, wouldn't a McDonald's have bulletproof glass? That that makes perfect sense. This place was so fishy, and we didn't even realize it, and it wasn't even a Friday. Did, did that joke fall flat as I thought it did? Flatter than your guy fell on the floor after being gutted. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's what I thought. I laughed, but it was a pity laugh. Oh, was it, the laugh must have been muted. That's it, okay. it, was, it was clearly you rolled for Edge, and you got a chuckle out of me. <laughs> so, after my character falls to the floor, Justin starts to attempt to shoot open the window. Matt, where are you when all this happens? I can't remember. So, just as you were coming back in with your paper suit, I was actually getting kicked out for crapping all over the place. Oh, that's and right. That's when I had walked out, saw Ahmed's car and your items just sitting there. And I thought, oh, this guy's an idiot. Well, if somebody's going to steal it, it might as well be me because I'm going to give it back to you. Oh, so you were helping me by taking my stuff. I was. Okay. I did not trust that stuff to sit there. I I will tell you, and I'll tell the players, I meted. I meted because I know Eric well enough to know that those items were not going to sit there, and you were going to lose them forever. So I took that, it. That is true. Uh, there is a propensity in our games for unattended items to be lost and or stolen. Which, I mean, it's a learning example. I should have learned. I should have known better than to leave it sitting there. Now, granted, this time I meted, but with a twist. I, I thought, okay, if I'm going to meta knowing Eric's going to do something, let's ask, would my character take these items? And I thought, you know what? He would because he can use it as a leverage. I show that I'm willing to be a team player so I can make sure that you're a team player kind of thing. Okay, okay. Round two of initiative. Blam! Another shot to my gut. I, at this point, at least have my pistol out. But I am in such shock and withdrawal that I cannot shoot. So what do I do? What would Walter Hornsby do? He crawls on his stomach and hides behind the little girl for cover. <laughs> I forgot about that. I forgot about that, too. Oh, gosh. I, the little girl, she got a free action going, Hey, what are you doing? Why are you hiding behind me? Obviously, I need more protection than you do, little girl. It's okay. <laughs> so by this point, Justin, I believe you got the window open, correct? Yeah, I blasted around through the window and pierced and I think killed the guy that was behind the counter near the register. That's right, because that was a glorious shot, because you got him in one shot. Yeah. That was right when the security guard also jumped behind, so it was it was in fluid motion. Justin yep. goes for that second shot, but before the second shot goes off, the security guard is running to the counter, and he jumps behind. Mm. Justin's shot comes in just narrowly, missing that security guard, 
killing the guy behind the counter, and those gun turrets come sliding right out of the ceiling. Okay, Matt, so why don't you go ahead and explain that thing, because this is when you hopped in. That's right. I quickly saw those gun turrets and that they were hackable. So as Justin's firing some shots overhead there and making a nice little kill, I take over one of those turrets and use it to destroy the other turret. And you're, as you're using that girl to, as a meat shield. Hey now, she, she did a good job. And during the time that I'm hacking the turrets and taking the turrets out, Sam did come in, surprisingly to me. Um, she jumps through, firing off some blasts to come and give Walter, Yellow Suit Hagen, some aid. That's true. She did actually help. Uh, she was she not just we haven't talked about her character, but her character was heavily involved in this combat. She was throwing mana balls and fire bolts, and she was helping out this combat. And then she did actually go over and heal Walter, uh, even though I don't think she really wanted to touch him. Oh, she didn't. So at this point, Justin, I believe you hopped off the roof. Well, you didn't hop off the roof, but you got down off of the roof, and you started making your way actually into the McDonald's, correct? This is where I don't remember because I had to leave due to work early the next morning. That's right. Well, Eric played you beautifully, I will say. Because <laughs> uh, that's right. Uh, life happens, unfortunately, and Justin did have to leave that game session a little early. Not before he got his glorious kill, though. And then he had to leave, unfortunately. But you did, Justin. We'll sit back and listen. You'll enjoy this. You scaled down the side of the building, ran across the street jumped in through the broken window, and you basically cleaned house. You finished everybody else off in there. It was agent, as I know him, agent doing what agent does best. And you just do blow, 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 blow. Done, 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 done. Nice. So then everybody, including Walter, is down. Not just yet, actually. As he's... Running across, jumping in, flipping and shooting at the same time. A job well done, by the Mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. I'm hacking a car and driving around the building. For those that Justin did not clean off, they decide to run out the back of the building. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And as they're running to the back, out the back door, I just happen to be turning around at that very moment and run over them. Mm, It was a bloodbath. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was it was pretty bad i i still haven't determined if i met it here or not but i felt bad that i ran them over so i i had my guy get out of the car and give him some first aid and you, then walk off you met you met it. you the player felt bad you felt bad that you committed vehicular homicide on it two- doesn't help when you have eric going dude you, all of you, it wasn't just Eric, all of you, you and Eric and Sam, like, dude, you just ran them over, man. You just, you just <laughs> slaughtered them. <laughs> yes, it, it was glorious. You slaughtered them, but you did revive them. Meta or not, it was the right thing to do. You stabilized them. 
And then I had to walk in to the restaurant to stabilize you. Mm-hmm. And then I walked out and I left your items behind in the car that I had hacked. The murder car. <laughs> uh, that's right. Yeah, the murder car. <laughs> so, Justin, you actually are the one who is lucky enough. You are searching the security guard, and you want to see what tools he had, what body armor he had. It was nothing you wanted. But while you're searching him, you hear a faint pounding on the door of the deep freezer, and you go to open it. And in the deep freezer is the daughter, surprisingly. And with her is a... Another one of the goons, cronies, gang members, whatever you want to call them. And it appears as though she actually took care of him. There's something to be said there. That little girl took care of her own protector. But you, Justin, are the one who actually got to save the day. Unfortunately, you weren't there to experience it. Most likely, I would have just done what I would have done, and that's just question and go about it. And see, Eric did a good job playing you because that's basically it. You opened the door, got the girl, and then you and Sam and I, we took off in the – well, you took off on your motorcycle. Sam, the girl, and I took off uh, in the murder car. One that I sold fairly quickly. Slightly used, only killed two. Yeah, I didn't waste time trying to clean that up. Oh, big point here I forgot. That little girl that I hid behind, she was not so innocent. Oh, yeah. That little girl tried to rob me. Here's a recurring story, apparently. My character keeps getting robbed. That little girl, while I'm sitting there bleeding out, takes my backpack and starts to walk off with it. <laughs> Luckily, Sam decided to be kind enough. And she used her magic powers to just grab the backpack and yank it off that little girl and give it back to me. What is it with everybody? Everybody's out to get Walter. I don't know why. That that just seems like the re- recurring joke across all games, it seems, with characters you play. I, my characters tend to lose a lot of things, not by their own means. That might be you might be onto something there, Justin. So, I believe we've hit all of the, I don't know if you want to call them highlights or low points of the McDonald's Massacre. Uh, Is there anything we missed? No, actually, we got it all. And then, of course, the McDonald's Massacre leads into my two-week stint in the Motel 6. Matt, your character was kind enough to put me up there. That's right. But... I had you pay me back. Uh, He paid back. He did pay back. Uh, Walter always pays his debts. Actually, that's so not true. Walter always pays his debts, but he doesn't know he's paying his debts because Matt's the one who pays him. There we Um, go. (laughs) (laughs) He pays his debts. He just doesn't know he's paying them. That being said, I think this is getting ready to wrap up another episode of Meta No Meta. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe. And please send us an email at metanometapodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. Let us know what we can do better. I hope everybody has a good night. 
and if those dice are hot, keep rolling them. Gentlemen, say goodnight. Good night, y'all. Hey, good night. And good night.